Hi, I'm Ellen Newhouse, and welcome to Heart and Soul. Are you ready to live a soulfully inspired life? If you are ready to dive deep, get seriously honest with yourself, and learn to trust your deep wisdom, then this is the place for you. I'll be sharing unfiltered stories from my own life and those of many other courageous, creative entrepreneurs and transformational leaders who have dug deep inside themselves to heal, honor their amazing wisdom, and dare to take inspired action. No more sitting by the sidelines wishing for a more satisfying life. It's time for you to become the person you have always dreamed of being. Have a career and a life you love. Join us each week to be spiritually uplifted and inspired into action. And oh yes, I'll be giving you homework to get you moving closer to your dreams. Welcome back to Heart and Soul. I'm your host, Ellen Newhouse, and today, oh my goodness, you guys, you're in for such a treat. I have the most beautiful Tama Keyes with us. She is an honors graduate of Harvard Law School who left her law practice to write and help others create their most extraordinary lives. She is the best-selling author of This Time I Dance, Creating the Work You Love, and Inspired and Unstoppable, Wildly Succeeding in Your Life's Work, and A Year Without Fear, 365 Days of Magnificence. Her most recent book, is thriving through uncertainty, moving beyond fear of the unknown and making change work for you. Featured in USA Today, Forbes, Oprah Radio, and more, she is a sought-after speaker and visionary career and success coach who has helped thousands worldwide to discover, launch, and thrive in their life calling and businesses of their dreams. She leads retreats and online programs that help you unlock your brilliance no matter what is going on. Sign up for her free class, Dare to Decide, Making the Most Important Dreams of Your Life at tamakeys.com slash dare. And for those of you listening today, she has a special offer. You can go to tamakeys.com slash book and receive all of her books just for $50, and she will sign them all. And I will put all of that in the show notes. Tama, thank you so much for being here. Good morning. Good morning. I'm honored to be here. (laughs) Oh, what a treat this is. All right, so I have been sitting with your most recent book, thriving, not surviving, but thriving (laughs) through uncertainty. And I happened to look at the copyright date and it was 2018. And I thought to myself, wow, did she have any clue about what was coming? I mean, here we are in the most uncertain times. (laughs) Is, Is that not a testament to following your inspired voice? I had no idea, obviously, about 
you know, this book got published right before the pandemic, you know, obviously different radio shows were calling me and it would just, you know, uh, but again, uh, we're always dealing with uncertainty, right? We're always uncertainty, sadly, or, or wonderfully is a, is a topic that's relevant at any time, but yes, these are the most amazing times ever. And I believe. Oh, and I love that. I love, I mean, so much about what you say about uncertainty. I'm like, Oh my God, sign me up. How does she, how does she know this? And and you have such a positive take on it. So one of the things that I was reading through is you say in this book, it's okay to feel as though you don't know what's going on. You don't, you can't supervise creativity, alchemy, reinvention, evolution in the divine flower rearrangement of your life. But Tama, for people like me, how can I let go of the control? I want to know what's going on. How do I do this? (laughs) (laughs) First of all, you need to know, because you've read my books and you know this, right? Every great teacher is teaching you what they personally have had to learn. Every great teacher is teaching you what they are personally walking through. So, you know, obviously I went to Harvard Law School I have a little bit of a control freak in me. Let's just let's let's just call it. Let's just call it now. Oh, so, <laughs> right. what was the most uncertain no. thing that you went through? Oh, so I'll go back just to answering okay. that first question because I didn't really get there. But I, I love and I love the second question. I can tell we're going to rock and roll. <laughs> <laughs> but so again, my point is is that for me, my a lot of my life's work is exactly what you said of like how do we mm-hmm. trust? How do we trust that creativity of And I think that what happens is that with uncertainty, it's almost like all your usual ways fail. Everything you know, you know, it's almost like the rat that knows whatever Mm. pushes this lever, the pellet, you know, and it's not working anymore, right? Like, and so many of us learned a certain way to be. If I work harder, if I kill myself, if I deny my feelings, if I just be what everybody else wants me to be, then it will quote all work Mm. out, even though of course it didn't. And I think even those ways aren't working, not that they ever did. And I think the uncertainty really pushes us to the place where we have to let go and we have to trust that there is something else going Mm. on. And when you look in this world, when I say we are born for these times, oh my goodness, there's so much going on consistently, (laughs) constantly. And I would be terrified if I did not have this other conviction. Mm. And that conviction is what I said. I think we are born for these times. We have the resources within us to deal with it. There is something in each of us that came right now to rise in a way that we have never risen before. And so to the listener who's going through a bad divorce or to the person who's going through Yeah, uh, that's easy for Mm -hmm. her to say, I don't have any money for next month's rent. You know, all of those things. For me, this is a this is a spiritual Mm -hmm. path. It's it's not a linear path. It's not a mental path. And so I'm not saying it's not terrifying. (laughs) It is scary. It is scary. (laughs) Right. It is scary to one part of Mm. us. But to the other part there's always going to be a next breadcrumb or a next step or a next inkling. And I'm always going to say, follow the heat, Mm. follow anything that's giving you joy, anything that sparks you, that this is the time to dare new creativity. This is the time to follow those instincts because you can't see where this is going, Mm. but something else inside you knows 
And the only thing that's falling apart is the old way of life where the things that don't serve you, nothing is going to be taken away that is truly yours and truly right for you. And so I think, again, this just is some huge divine alchemy that's going on. And it's a practice. Yes, I love that you say that because I think when I read the book, I'm like, did you hold on to that practice? You know, because that feels like mm. a place where you could kind of hang your hat. You know, if you're scared to death and you cannot figure this out. So what kind mm. of a practice could people get going very simply? I think, first of all, even just knowing this context, mm. right, is is helpful, right? Just the, even the bigger, bigger, broader overview for me, the the practice, I mean, because you were asking me before about, you know, like what's one of the biggest uncertainties right. I went through. And it's like, for me, it was giving up a career. It was walking out of mm. everything. I'd been trained to succeed in a certain way. I was on partnership track in a major law firm, wow. you know, and, and I walked out of everything without a plan, without money to speak of, without anything, mm. because I had this desire to write mm. and I just had this desire to be free. And I didn't even know what I wanted to be, but I knew this can't be it <laughs> because it was so painful. And so when you say the practice, I think the biggest practice for me, I mean, there's so many, but I think, I guess one of the biggest things is to know that there's always two different voices within mm. you, right? There's the voice of fear and there's the voice of mm. love and the voice of fear can sound like it's practicality. It can sound like it's good yes. judgment. It's the voice that's saying, well, that was a smart <laughs> choice. <laughs> now, now look at you. <laughs> you know, look what your colleagues are making and look what you're right. living on. And, you know, and what if you mm. fail? And what if this and what if that? And it can sound practical, but if it makes you feel less than who you really mm. are, I don't think that's the voice to listen to. The voice of love is a quieter, deeper voice. It's I deeply, I believe it's the voice of your heart. It's the voice of your soul. It's the voice of your knowing. If you have any spiritual you know, background, it's a higher voice. Whatever it is for you, it's the voice you hear when you're relaxed. It's the voice you hear when you've taken a hike and you're calm or you've talked to a best friend and for a moment you feel like everything's going to be mm. okay. It's that voice that reassures you all is well, all is well, and that somehow this is working out. You know, like for me, I dreamed of being a writer, right? It's like, I knew nothing mm-hmm. about it. I knew nothing about any of it, writing books, getting published, any of it. And and yet, but there was this like instinct in me that kept saying, but I think I'm supposed to do this, but I think this is right. But it, it feels so good when I do it, you know? And for so for me, the practice is, which voice in your lifetime will you follow? Which voice will you take counsel from? Because the voice that you listen to in your life determines your entire life. It's a constant practice because I'm constantly hearing that other voice. And even when you've, quote, made it or you've had success, that doesn't stop because I'm going to my next Mm -hmm. edge and I'm growing and I'm healing and I'm going to another level. So I'm still hearing that other voice. Right. And so oh, I'm so glad to hear. Yeah, that. I'm glad you're I'm, glad I'm, to hear that. I'm so glad you're glad that I am freaking miserable. Right. I'm glad I am pleasing you. Yes. <laughs> well, because I know it so often feels like, in fact, I want to read something from the book that I just absolutely love. It was about everyone else's drinking champagne. Oh, yes. Okay. When I'm in my fear loop, 
I'm certain that I will fail. Will not be loved. I will be stuck. Nothing ever will change. Oh, okay. It will get worse. I am certain that everyone else is drinking champagne, celebrating their lucky effortless levels, swinging from a Baccarat crystal chandelier on a yacht, and no one else is going through the panic I'm going through. Mm -hmm. So when I say I'm happy, I mean, you've had all this success, and to know that you too Mm -hmm. are going through this, that you're still hearing that voice is very comforting yes. because it looks like when we look out into social media that everybody else and their mother knows exactly what they're doing except for me. Yes, yes, yes. You yes. know, I don't know what I'm doing. Yes. And, you know, and I'm certain. I love that you're bringing this up, Ellen. I really mm. love that you're bringing this up because it's really dear to my heart because it was one of the reasons I most wanted to write books. I wanted to, I mean, it's one of the things that has compelled me all along and still does is that I wanted to write the books that I was dying to read because I read all these self-help books. You know, I, I snarfed them up (laughs) and I sometimes felt more like a failure, you know, because it would be like the three easy steps to your new life, you know, 30 days to la la la. Right. Right. You know, and it, and I'd be there like 500 days <laughs> later, you know, in worse shape. <laughs> and I think, oh my God, I'm failing self-help. What is wrong with me? You know, what else can you, where else do you go in the bookstore now? And so I wanted to write books that were really honest mm. and really shared the process and shared my inner process, you know, and fortunately for everybody else, I'm very neurotic. So there's <laughs> lots of process, lots to share. <laughs> And you've done it so beautifully. I mean, because when I read your books, I feel like I'm actually in conversation with you. Mm. You know, it's Mm. like, even though you and I have not had conversation prior to this, I felt like I've been in conversation with Tama. And I I ask you questions while I'm reading the book. I do. I'm like, but Tama, what about this? (laughs) So I love that. By the way, I have to tell you, it's that is so beautiful. I've had people at readings say that to me, like, you don't know me, but you're my best friend. I have you on my (laughs) nightstand and I, you know, I've underlined it. You know, it's just, oh my God, as an author and, you know, as, as a teacher, it's the most amazing, amazing experience in this lifetime to do what you are meant to do with your life. And then to have it be serving other amazing human beings that you would pay to meet and you get to, you know, just like there's, for me, it's what makes me believe in that divine genius, because Mm. how could I know that my suffering, right? I I wrote all my books to heal me. I write Mm -hmm. all my books. It's totally a selfish endeavor. I hope they work for other people, but seriously, I am writing what I need to hear. Mm. And also because I do have a very, um, you know, I guess it's the legal mind in me. I have a very argumentative Mm -hmm. and a very structured mind and a very, you know, I can create any argument. And so I'm always answering that mind. And if I can answer it for me, I know I'm going to answer it for humanity, right? Absolutely. And And I think you've done it beautifully. and, And I do want to say, you know, for people to know that you can have a million fears, right? And I have a lot of them and I share all of the neurotic blah, blah. <laughs> but there's also another part that we all have, 
Mm. that is reverent, that knows, that is quiet. And so I always feel like, you know, even if some crazy man like mine can be stilled and can be quieted and can be empowered. And by the way, when you're listening to that loving voice, it's unified. Your power is undiluted. You can tap your creativity in a way that you could never tap before. And I deeply believe that's what humanity is here to do at this time, is Mm. that we are here to learn how to follow that instinctive voice that will take each of us to places we could never have imagined in Mm. ways we couldn't imagine. I couldn't imagine I'm going to write a book that's going to save my life or books that are going to save my life. And then I'm going to be meeting all kinds of people all over the world that agree and love it and whatever. And it's like, and they're my, you know, they, they're saving me, right? We all, we all kill each other. So thank you. Oh, And so one of the things that you mentioned in the book is that this process in many ways is like the great undoing. Mm. And you just, you know, sort of tapped into it. It's like the undices that say um, we're not good enough. We're never going to get there. I mean, you can't have your dreams and pay your bills. Yes. Um, unraveling a very knotted up, tangled up ball of yarn. How did you, how did you start to unknot that? <laughs> First of all, I think that's such a really important point for people to understand because I'm also a coach and, you know, I work with so many people and, you know, finding their calling in their dreams or, or in retreats or workshops. And the question that I always get all the time is, but Tama, what do I do? What do yes. I do? You know, what are my next steps? What do I do? What do I do? Yes. And one of the things that I'm always reminding people is that this is not so much a path of doing, but a path mm. of undoing, like mm. you were just saying. It's not so much the steps that we take as much as it's the undoing. And by undoing, it's exactly what you were saying. It's undoing these old beliefs. Because mm. if I do not change my beliefs... I will not create a different reality. Okay, wait, stop right there. Yes. Can you say that again? That yes. is so important for people to hear. Yes. To just repeat yes. that. You know that, again, everybody's trying to do something, but it's about undoing. Because if mm. I do not undo the beliefs that have caused me pain or the beliefs that have made me make faulty choices in the past, if I do not undo these beliefs, I can't create a different reality, no matter what I do. I can take all the steps, I can take all the programs, I can whip myself into shape. But if my beliefs are the same, and I tried this, by the way, so I took an attorney brain, I took an attorney brain, and I was trying to write books initially. And I'm thinking, I know how to bill hours, I know how to be productive. And and why can't I just do this and make myself do this? But creativity Mm. and connection don't come from the brain don't come from force don't come from productivity Mm. it was the exact opposite i had to learn how to be kind i had to learn how to be generous i had to learn how to trust and to go walk in the park instead of Mm. you know sit at my desk right i had to really unlearn these beliefs that said if you work harder you'll succeed instead of if you work truer you'll succeed oh i by the way, I've never said that before. <laughs> so that's us, Colin. <laughs> it's, I've just had to learn so many different, because again, to create the dreams that we are each here to create. And I believe that for everybody, mm. everybody has a dream. Everybody has a way, you know, Absolutely. and it's unfailing. And by the way, when people say, oh, well, that's easy because she has a higher education or that, right. that person has this or this person has that. Please keep in mind, this comes from a source and a power that has nothing to do with the world. 
It has nothing to do with the world. That there's a love and a source in all of us that can do anything at any time. And we are just learning our own way, our own way to do it. Not follow, like you said, not following everybody else on social media, not following everybody else on what they're doing, how they did it, but starting to listen to us. That was one of the biggest mm. beliefs I had to undo is that I had learned how to succeed by show me which hoops to jump through and I'll do it. Exactly. You know, show me how yeah. to get the A and mm-hmm. I'll do it. Right? Oh, I'm better. What, what do yeah. other people say? What am I supposed to do? And it was terrifying when people said to me, well, l- learn to listen to yourself. You know, what do you want? It's like, what? Well, I know. Right? <laughs> how the hell do I know? Just, just tell me how to get the A. Exactly. <laughs> so what do you say to people who maybe because they're in so much fear or maybe because they've had a lot of indoctrination, they really don't feel like they know what they want. They know what they don't want. Yes. But they stand there and they say, but I don't know what I want. Yes. Excellent. Excellent. And a lot of people feel that way. Um, Mm -hmm. I'll say two quick things. One, when people are saying, but Tim, I don't know what I want. I don't know what I love. Right. I have no idea what I love. Right. Right. I know that they're asking the wrong question then. I know that they're asking the wrong question because for me, what I would say to you is, what do you love? What what lights you up? What moves you? Mm. And they'll be like, well, I don't know. But I know that what they're secretly asking is, what do I love that makes money? Exactly. What do I love that I'm Mm. not too old for? What do Mm. I love that my kids or my wife or my husband isn't going to mock, right? You know, it's all these conditional questions. When I say, what do you love? What lights you up? This is going to be a moment by moment path. So a lot of times people are thinking of the big vision, like Mm. the ultimate destiny. And I'm asking you in this very red hot moment, what do you love or what would light you up? And it might be, well, you know, I would love to take a walk on the beach, right? Mm. You know... I really need a nap. I'm tired. (laughs) I have a chapter in my first book, This Time I Dance, Creating the Work You Love. Um, It was right after I left law. And if somebody had told me, what do you love? What moves you? What moves you? Right. I was tired. I wanted to sleep. So I have a chapter called The Year of Sleeping Dangerously. Oh, I love it. Because that's what I needed to Mm. do. Those were my first steps to Mm. finding my calling. But your brain will say, well, that's not something to love. And how are you going to make a living taking a nap? You know? Exactly. And it's right? not productive. It's not productive. Right. But again, this is an intuitive path of if I were really listening to myself mm-hmm. and I wasn't judging anything and I wasn't making anything mean anything, what would I love to do right now? And what would I love to do right now? And what would I love to do right now? And it's truly, it's just following those breadcrumbs. And some of them will be abhorrent to you, like Mm. take a nap. Or, you know how we were talking about like undoing beliefs. Some of it is going to be healing work. Some of it is going to be forgiveness. Mm. I had a lot of work to do with my family. Mm. You know, I thought I was changing my career. How hard could that be? (laughs) Ah, Right? I thought I was going to just change my career, but I was changing my whole belief system And I had to change, you know, like I had a lot of junk, you know, from family stuff or, you know, Mm. beliefs or whatever. And and so I had to heal that. And you'd think, well, but this isn't my career. Right. But it is. Because if you change these beliefs, you can do anything. Like when you start changing the mind and you start changing the limits, Mm. you know, the rest of it's easy. 
It's all the other work that's hard. It's facing ourselves. It's trusting ourselves. It's believing in this. That's the hard part. Doing whatever it is you love, that's not the hard part. Oh, I'm so glad you said that. And I'm glad that you shared about changing issues around families, because I think so often people who come from, say, like a very dysfunctional Mm -hmm. can say, oh, Patama, you had it easy. You had a beautiful family, you have beautiful parents. Oh, yes. You know, and so I think most of us, Mm. you know, come from fairly dysfunctional families, especially in America these days. And so if you're you know, if you're sitting there thinking, well, Tama had it easy, you know, she came for, it's like, no, you know, mm-hmm. she had her work to do. I've mm-hmm. had my work to do and continue to have a lot of my own work to do. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, yes. So I want those of you who are listening, believe me, you are not any different. You know, we've had our work to do. Ellen, I love that you're doing this, um, you know, as saying this, because I think we all do this. I'm a horrible this way. When I read a self-help book that I like or something inspirational, I'll go look at the back, you know, to read about the author. Right, right. And I will immediately, immediately start discount. Oh, well, she's blonde, of course. <laughs> oh, look, she's skinny, of course. She of course. she must have married rich or something, of course. Oh, my God. You know, I mean, like, oh my God. We all do that. We mm. all like somehow you know, separate ourselves like, well, that person had this, so of course they could do it. Right. You know? Right. And so, but I will go back to what you said about the dysfunctional family. First of all, I have my mother's voice in my head. I grew up Orthodox Jewish. Oh my right? gosh. Orthodox <laughs> Jewish. And so that if you wanted to find yourself or have a creative path, this was not a mitzvah. This was not a good thing. Right. This was Definitely nobody not. said mazel tov, right? right? All I ever heard, you're good. You're going to write. You're gonna write. Oh you're my god! Stop. You're gonna write. <laughs> Sounds just that's like my family. Oh that, boy, do I hear that? Yeah, that's all I heard. You know, like, mm. and and again, you you can't get a job and do a real job, and then you'll write on the side. You know, what I mean, like, you know, and so again, we we all have the the beliefs that we grew up with. But one thing oh. I will say about you know that I have come to see in years and years of coaching people and years and years of facilitating workshops is. Mm. Sometimes it's the people who grew up in the most, quote, dysfunctional families Mm. that have the greatest resources. Mm. Because, again, I deeply believe we are born for the times we are in. We are born for our lives. We are born for our circumstances. And so I would say, you know, I don't know you that well, Ellen, but I would say that precious Ellen soul came in to that family and said, I'm going to study here. This is going to really threaten me. And this is really going to throw me off and knock me off. And I'm going to heal myself. And that's going to help me stand as a resource and a credential for other people. Absolutely. Because it is my own struggles Mm. that helps other people. Right. If I could just say, oh, well, it's really easy for me, Ellen. I don't know. Huh. I don't know. I just blinked my eyes and I did it. What's wrong with you? Yes. <laughs> right. But right. it's like my own struggles and my own pain and all of it. But going past it every single damn time, I feel like I'm a role model for somebody else. And oh, and it's my are. own pain, you know, that that, like you said, just empowers other people and also gave me the motivation. So in my family, mm. like my stories was, right. I was never seen. I was never seen or I was never valued for who I am. I was valued mm. for 
if you achieve, if you right. succeed in a certain way, you know, mm-hmm. ideally I was supposed to marry a, a rich Jewish doctor, right? That plan <laughs> never worked out. Uh, <laughs> you know, of, you know, I was supposed to do all these things. If you did that, we love you. Right. Mm-hmm. You want to be a poet. You want to be a writer. You want to traipse around Colorado. You want to, you know, hang out with people who read tarot cards, you know, oh, <laughs> just oh, like, you oh, know, oh, yes. this is not the plan. Right. Mm. And so my greatest life's work in all of my work, in all of my classes or teaching or anything I do or speaking is to listen to people, to really listen to uniquely who they are and to see the gifts in exactly who they are. I want no one on my watch to be unseen. On mm. my In my path, on my watch, I will see you. I will see your unique gifts. I will not assume there's any one right way. I will find your way and I will mm. bless that way. And I needed, I needed the pain of not having that personally to have the fire to want to do that for the rest of my life, which is what I do. So for me, that's that shift, right? Of finding what didn't work in your life Mm. and starting to see, but maybe it did work. Maybe it gave me something. Mm -hmm. You know, I have a client recently said something to me that was great. She was going through a challenge that um, she was really, really scared. She was going into some interview and it wasn't going all that well or whatever. And she was, Mm -hmm. but she was scared and she really wanted this situation and blah, blah, blah. And then she was talking to me. She goes, what the hell am I worried about? I I dealt with tragedy after tragedy after tragedy in her family. She goes, what the hell am I worried about? I dealt with this, 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 this is an interview. Oh, I love that. It puts it so much in perspective. So for those of you who are listening you know, really do think about that. You have come through so much. Mm-hmm. And I really want you to listen to Tana's words and her energy behind it. You have something greater in you that you mm. can trust. Yeah. And so, Tama, how did you, I mean, I can just hear your mother saying, oh, this is my Harvard lawyer. This is what she does now. She's going to go to Colorado and write. Oh, wonderful. So yeah. how, <laughs> that was pretty much it. Only my parents for the rest of their lives just kept saying, my daughter went to Harvard Law School. They never told them the rest of the point. <laughs> they didn't care that she was a selling author. Then when my book started succeeding, and oh. then when I was like teaching at the Omega Institute or mm. I was on television or whatever, then my right. mother was like, oh, she's teaching at the Omega Institute. She didn't even know what that was, you know, like, <laughs> or any of this. You know, it's like, whatever. So when it was successful, oh. then she was toting out the books and stuff, yes. Oh my goodness, the things become Oh, true. I will say one thing my mother did say that was very beautiful and mm. it was really beautiful. She just said at one point, she said, I don't know what you're doing, but you're glowing. Oh, I don't know what you're doing, but you're glowing. Now, everybody should be able to get to that place. Isn't that gorgeous? That, Isn't that gorgeous? That really is gorgeous. And to me, that's my definition of success. It's not the money you make. It's mm. not the it's not the numbers. It's not the house you live in. It's not the whatever. Are you glowing inside? Oh, are oh, you I are you that. alive? Are you more alive? Because all of us are different, right? Of what touches us. There's nothing wrong with having a big house if that's what you desire. There's nothing wrong with living in a yurt if that's what you desire, right? <laughs> it doesn't matter the form of it. It matters. Is it energizing you? Are you feeling more alive? And that was really amazing for me, really, really amazing for me, that even my mother could see that. Right. right? Oh, it's and so important for her to be able 
to share that and mirror that back to you. Yeah. She it's didn't like, value it all that much. <laughs> I don't give her too but much she credit. She had her moments and I grabbed the moments that worked. I love it. I love it. So I had an experience yesterday and I thought about a story that you share in the book. And my experience was I, well, I'll be completely transparent. I was looking at the amount of downloads that was happening in my my podcast on the the back end of this. Mm. And they were suddenly growing. And I was like, oh my goodness, like I was getting really excited. And then I had a meeting with somebody who said, so how many downloads are you now having per episode? And I dared to tell him. Oh. And he said, oh, oh. Mm. And then there was a dead silence. And he said, well, you should be having many Many, many more. And mm. my heart, oh. I know, my heart, oh. I know, my heart absolutely sank. And I thought of the story. In fact, I reread it this morning and it made me cry about the piggy bank. Mm. And I thought, you know, no matter where you are, no matter what is going on, you deserve, we all deserve to celebrate ourselves. So can you tell the listeners about the piggy bank? Because yes, it's so yes. precious. You know, basically there's going to be choice points on your journey all the time, right? And so I had put myself on the road for the very first time. Mm. And I was, you know, publicizing my first book and nobody was, you know, sponsoring it. And I was saving the money and staying in little hotels and doing anything. And, and it was a really big deal to do this. Like, I'm on a national tour as well. But, you know, like, really I was going to Sacramento is what was happening. But, um, you know, um, you know, but, and so the very first talk I gave, it was to a women's business, whatever, and it really went well. And it was the first time I'd ever spoken. Like I'd spoken a lot in Colorado, but then I made up the story that, well, people like me because they're nice in Colorado. Oh, Col oh Colorado's not, Denver's nice. And once you leave and go any other part of the country, then you're going to see what's real. Right. Oh, and no. so I had this crazy story. Right. And so I did this women's business organization. I gave a talk and they loved it. And they gave me a standing ovation. It was mm. really amazing. I was high. I was oh. like so high. So yeah. I, what do I do when I'm high? I go shopping. Um, and so <laughs> I went to like Pier One or uh, World Market or one of those things that was okay. And there was this, um, I saw this piggy bank and it was this leather thing. And it was a pig with wings, it was oh. with wings, <sighs> like and it was like when pigs fly, right? Yeah. And so I thought I should get that for myself because to celebrate, you know, yeah. when pigs fly, I did it. I've written a book. I've really yes. written a book and I'm and I'm out here and people are responding to me. And it's like, I've done the impossible because there's been so many 8 million doubts along the way and I've done the impossible. I'm going to, you know, I should celebrate this. Then I had that fear voice that said, well, you know, this is the first stop on your little tour thing. Mm -hmm. You should wait. You don't know how this is going to go. Oh. You don't know how this is going to pan out. Let's wait. And so I did <sighs> get the thing and mm. I went to the next thing and I went to a book signing and it was awful. Oh, no. It was horrible. <laughs> there were very few people and there was a heckler on top of it. You know, oh, I've never no. got, I never, a heckler. And he was like really political and he kept huh. interrupting. And it's like, I'm, politics is not my subject matter. And, you know, I was a baby author and mm. it was just like, 
And I was devastated because my brain is counting out like your thing of the, you know, the downloads. My brain is going, let's see, there's about 10 people in this audience. I'm spending how much to be here? Uh, If people buy three books, I mean, like, you know, and you're just thinking, woohoo, Miss National Arthur. Whoa. You know, like, Mm. and so it was devastating. And I tell this story in the book because now from perspective, I (laughs) wish I'd bought that piggy bank because only the moments you hit it. That's what's real. Those are the mm. moments that are real. Everything else is fear. But the moments when you knew something's alive, something's happening, there's energy, there's movement here, right? Yeah. And so, again, we have to decide that. We have to choose that. We have to be the ones to say, the moments when I knew it was working, that's what's real. And that's what I focus on. And everything else I don't. And to your story, I will tell mm. you, I had gazillions of experts tell me, Ellen, well, you know, if a book doesn't sell right away in the da 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 da, you know, you're never going to make it. And if this doesn't happen and blah, blah, blah. And I have, um, I have another story. I won't tell the story, but, um, it's an inspired and unstoppable, my second book. Mm. And it's, it's called expert schmexperts. Nobody knows your path. Expert schmexperts. Oh, I love this. Right. And it was just because all these authorities told me you know, you're not doing that well, you're not going to make it, blah, blah, blah. And I was just devastated. And then I remembered having to say, yeah, but the authority of my heart says otherwise. The authority of my heart says otherwise. Why am I listening to an expert in the world when I am listening to God, when I am listening Mm. to genius, when I can listen to soul? They don't know what they don't know. I don't even know what I don't know. Experts are telling us the history. Experts are telling us their perspective. Mm. But we are daring to listen to something else. So when when I have a client that goes through what you just went through, the thing I will always tell them, because it's devastating to hear stuff like that. If you listen to it, right? I would go back to the heat. What you knew when you were excited. Like, oh my God, I'm getting more listeners. Oh my God, something's moving. Oh my God, something's working. Right. That's what's true. Absolutely. And by the way, the form doesn't matter. Right. Mm. Because it's true for you. Something's alive and happening. Right. And don't let anybody ever take that away because they don't know. And they don't know where this is going in your destiny, Ellen. You don't know. Right. I don't know. Exactly. And you don't know. Right. right? So, But, you know, here's what we do know. Something grew. Something's growing. Something's Absolutely. going in the right direction. Absolutely. Right? Something's Thank going you. in the right yes. direction. Why the hell would we take it down? Exactly. So this morning, yes. I pulled it back up and I sat there and I said, what would Tamba say? And I'd say, celebrate yourself. So <laughs> I did that. So for all of you who are listening, if you've had an experience like mine or like Tamba's, please listen to the authority mm. of your heart. Please. Mm-hmm. And... I could talk to you all day long, but out of respect for your time, we have to come to a close. And I just want to share that what I read in the very, almost the very last chapter is more good than you can imagine is coming. Mm. How did you come to this? Mm. Because, you know, again, it's just that perspective shift of listening to that voice of love and you know, as you know, um, I I teach the mindset training of A Course in Miracles, which is a spiritual psychotherapy program studied by millions, but I, I teach my own way of teaching it. And 
A Course in Miracles is this path that really has us listen to that authority of uh, a deeper love and a higher a higher wisdom. And mm-hmm. for me, in that training, I have come to know that there is always something great going on and so oh. much good is coming and so much good is coming. But you know what? You will never, ever see that good if you mm-hmm. keep seeing the world through the old ways of seeing. Mm. Exactly what we just went through, right? With Ellen's situation, right? It was such a beautiful example. You know, Ellen could have taken that nosedive and then it could have affected her and it could have affected her in this interview. And then it could have affected her in the ripples, right? But if you are constantly, consistently making the choices to say, I know that life is working in my favor. I know that I am being guided and I'm going to continue to follow that voice and I'm going to continue to see it that way. And seeing it that way is not rose-colored glasses. It's not false thinking, aching things up that aren't true. It's really learning how to listen and how to get in touch with that voice in you that does know another way or does have a different perspective, right? Mm -hmm. And so I guess in my own path, I mean, there's been so much, Ellen, where I have felt like I'm failing or that mm. it's not going right, or it's not, it didn't go according to my plan, right. you know, it did, and never has gone anything <laughs> close to according to my plan or right. my idea of what should happen. But mm. when I allowed myself to open my mind to what if there's another way of seeing this? What if there's another way of being? Because I knew that what I was doing was right. And the way mm. I knew that what I was doing was right, because people would say, well, I don't have that, right? The way I know is because it felt so right. When you're really doing what you love, when you're really doing something that moves you, you know, I would just always come back to, I know this has to be right somehow. I don't know how, I don't know what's going to happen, but I know this has to be right because I'm more alive. I'm more alive and this feels whole and I feel coherent and I feel possible in this lifetime. Because by the way, when you do something creative or alive, your brain chemistry changes what you, mm. you perceive the world, how you perceive mm. possibilities, how you show up with other people, everything changes. So again, I do believe that more good is on the way all the time for all of us. Mm. But we may not experience that if we continue to tell ourselves these old sad stories. And there will be people in the world, like that guy that talked to you, again, in that in my second book, <sighs> It's Hard and Unstoppable, I call them dark gods. Dark God, you know, (laughs) and I'm not saying anything negative about them at all, but they're just, they're the believers of the old way. They, Mm. they represent the static world, right? We are not in the static world. We are in the world of movement and change. Just like when we start, we started this interview, right? With how could you have known there would be a pandemic or something, you know, we're writing a book called thriving through uncertainty. And I write that and I put everything into that, not knowing anything. And then the whole world stops and is an uncertainty, right? Right. It's that kind of thing. How can you know? You can't know where this is going to go, but you will know. I feel like this is right for me right now. I feel like this is right for me right now. So I do believe there's so much more good coming for all of us all the time, because I also deeply believe that the nature of this universe is pure love. I believe that the nature of this universe wants us to thrive. Everything in nature wants you to thrive, Mm. right? That's a good point, right? We're here to thrive. We're here to grow, right? That's just the nature of the universe. But what we get stuck thinking we know what growing means. We Mm. think growing means I get a BMW. 
you know, or growing <laughs> means I blah blah. And am I, you know, I don't know, but growing might mean I'm happier than I ever been. Yeah. Right. And it doesn't look a certain way, but I'm happier, I'm healthier, I'm alive. Right. So again, we're just redefining. And as we redefine and as we choose new values, we are co-creating a new world together, a world of so much peace and happiness. And I guess the main thing I want people to know is your desires are never frivolous. They are never frivolous. They are never silly. They are never idiotic. They're imperative at this point. They are imperative at this point. And it's not optional right now. Yeah. I mean, I don't think it's optional anymore. I think the universe is saying, okay, people, it is time for all of us to grow and to grow together. Yes. So if you want to grow together in a beautiful container, I happen to be in Tama's container of A Course in Miracles right now. So Mm -hmm. Tama, how can people join in if they would like them? Oh, I'd love that. I love that because as you know, it's amazing. It's just it's amazing. amazing. Yes. It's a mind yeah. training program. So I'm going to tell you a few things. So first okay. of all, you can join that at any time. You know, if you've missed, it doesn't matter. It's all recorded. It's on video. So if you want to join us, join us. Yes. Uh, it's tamakeeves.com forward slash, and then it would be a dash course dash in dash miracles <laughs> dash, and then it would be dash trusting. Okay. Uh, and I will make sure I put that in the show notes. And or, and or, you know, so, and yeah, definitely sign up. And the other thing I would say is I always joke around, get into the Tamiverse, you Mm. know, like join us in the Tamiverse to, you know, follow me on Instagram and Facebook and make sure you sign up for our newsletter, right. Of, you know, and so again, you can do that. Um, There's a gift that we mentioned earlier of dare to decide, which is a free class. If you sign up for that, you get a free class and that signs you up for everything also. So you get the newsletter, oh, you get fortune. We do fortune cookies once a week that have an inspiring quote. So I'm here to keep you inspired because it's so important now more than ever to surround yourself with support, to surround mm. yourself with people who are like-minded, who are doing it, who are doing their dreams. I've created a global community of people who are daring to live Mm. their visions and do their dreams. And we're very honest and we're very real, you know, and, and we're loving and, you know, and it's all about undoing fear. So I hope you'll join me. Yes. And come join me as well. Yes, I'm in that container. I know. I love it. I love it. Oh, and seriously. And of course, Miracles is going on right now. So sign up for that right now. And this particular one is a brand new one that I'm only doing this time called Trusting Flawlessly. It's all about trust. So uh, join us. And Ellen's in it. (laughs) (laughs) Tama, thank you so much for coming and being with all of us today and bringing your incredible, beautiful, down-to-earth wisdom. Mm. And for all of you who are listening, thank you so much. I love being with you every week, and I will see you next week. Thanks so much for joining me on the Heart and Soul podcast. It's such a joy for me to be with you. I know firsthand how much easier it is to rise when you have community to laugh with, shed a few tears with, and be inspired by. If you've enjoyed what you've heard, please share it with a friend. And if you haven't already, go subscribe, rate, and review it on your favorite podcast platform. If you have 
any questions or comments, any topic ideas, or you might want to be a guest on my show, please contact me directly at ellennewhouse.com. And while you're there, grab the special resources I have created for you to begin to take inspired action in your own life. Thanks so much for listening, and I'll see you next week.